This week's Torah content has been sponsored by the Fishbines, who enjoy reading the sponsorship messages every week in honor of Chen and Max's wedding and with a tefillah for a lasting peace in Israel. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the audio version of the first half of the article I wrote and published on my Substack at rabbischneeweiss.substack.com on December 14th, 2023, the seventh day of Hanukkah. And the article is entitled Hanukkah 5784, Maimonian Donuts and My Current Understanding of Minhag. And the reason why I say this is the first half is that this is a paid subscriber-only article. You can only access the full version if you are a paid subscriber to my Substack. Um, but because I wanted this to get out on my podcasts, I decided to make a an audio version of just the first half. Uh, once you become a subscriber, then you can access an audio version of the full thing. Okay, here we go. Uh, Hanukkah 5784, Mammonian Donuts, and my current understanding of Minhag. When my high school students inquire about any aspect of Jewish practice, I frequently preface my reply to them by asking them what they think is the correct classification of the practice in question. I give them four choices. De Orisa, Torah law, De Rabbanan, Rabbinic law, Minhag, custom, or what I call bagels and locks. That is, Jewish cultural practices which, beloved as they may be, have nothing to do with the halakhic system. For years, I thought that the custom of eating donuts, latkes, and other fried foods on Hanukkah fell squarely into the category of bagels and locks. I was well aware of the conventional explanation that oily foods commemorate the miracle of the oil, but I didn't find this reason sufficient. I assumed that in order for something to be a genuine minhag, it must have a basis in halakha. My assumption was rooted in the view of Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, a.k.a. the Rav, which was summarized by Rav Shachter in Nefesh Rav, page 24, footnote 36, as follows, quote, the Rav took an oppositional stance towards ritual and ceremony. Accordingly, he held that the idea of minhagim was not merely ritual, but rather all of them must have some kiyum, fulfillment, of some halacha, or be rooted in some concern for a view in the Gemara or the Rishonim. Any custom which doesn't meet the, these criteria is but a mere ritual or ceremony and not a minhag. End quote from Rav Shachter. I reasoned that reminding us about the miracle of the oil wasn't enough of a halachic kiyum to endow a mundane entity— fried food, or a mundane activity, eating fried food, with the status of a legitimate minhag. It would be one thing if there were an obligation of su'uda, a festive meal on Hanukkah, but it is difficult to argue that such an obligation exists. As the tour writes in Orach Chaim 672, quote, excessive and lavish meals are optional, meaning not obligatory, for the days of Hanukkah were only established for praise and thanks, not for mishteh v'simcha, feasting and celebration, end quote. The actual laws of Hanukkah, kindling the Ner Hanukkah, saying Hallel, reciting Ahanisim in Artefilos and Birkas Hamazon, simply do not provide an ample halakhic basis for a minhag of eating specific foods. Based on this reasoning, I regarded Hanukkah donuts as nothing more than a holiday edition of bagels and locks. But alas, as the Sar Hamashkim, chief cupbearer, says in this week's Parsha, Es chata'ai animaz hayom, my errors I mentioned today, I have come to realize that I was mistaken. The source that prompted me to rethink this issue is none other than R Rabbi Maimon ben Yosef, the father of the Rambam, who testifies to the antiquity of the Hanukkah donut minhag. See, the title of this article is not a typo. They're Maimonian, not Maimonidean. The following excerpt is from the Hanukkah section of Rabbi Maimon's Compendium on Tefillah, published in Sarid, Up Sarid Upalit, Volume 1, translated from the Arabic manuscript into Hebrew by Rabbi David Hasaboni. Quote, One must not deride any minhag, custom, even a minhag kal, trivial custom. Everyone who has the means is obligated to make a festive and joyous meal and food to publicize the miracle that Hashem did with us in those days. The widespread minhag is to make sufganin, al-svenj in Arabic, or iskritin in Aramaic, which are honey-fried wafers. This is a minhag of the ancients, and since they, the 
the donuts are fried in oil as a way to recall his blessing. Sorry, since they, the, the donuts are fried in oil as a way to recall his blessing. End quote. Rabbi Maimon is talking directly to people like me, to those who are inclined to downplay or dismiss what appear to be trivial customs. It is interesting to note that unlike the popular explanation, which links oil-fried food to the fact that the miracle of the menorah involved oil, Rabbi Maimon characterizes such food as, quote, a way to recall his, Hashem's, blessing, end quote. Perhaps this is because oil is associated with Hashem's blessings, as in Tehillim 133, 2-3, quote, like the goodly oil upon the head running down upon the beard, so the dew of Hermon uh, descends upon the mountains of Zion, for there Hashem has commanded his blessing. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, his blessing. The blessing, his blessing, I'm not sure, end quote, and many other pesukim in Tanakh. Can something like Alsvenge, which has no halakhic legs to stand on, be reconciled with the Rav's definition of minhag? Or is there another concept of minhag we ought to consider? With this question in mind, I revisited an essay written by Rav Pesach, my Gemara Rebbe, which outlines some ideas about the halakhic nature of minhagim, uh, of minhagim. Since this essay has not been published publicly in a final draft form, and since my thoughts on this subject are in the works, I've decided to keep the rest of this article behind a paywall. And if you are interested in accessing the part of the article behind a paywall where I explain my current explanation, my current understanding of Minhag, uh, as um, you know, uh, I, I gained from Rav Pesach's essay, then go to rabbishneweis.substack.com and become a paid subscriber for the Substack. Or you could, uh, if you haven't used it already, you can do a free seven-day trial and gain access uh, to all of the paid subscription articles for those seven days uh, before you're prompted to decide whether you actually want to be a paid subscriber. And remember that, uh, you know, it's not, <laughs> the idea here is not to um, to just, uh, you know, get money, but um, I am using this paid subscriber model as a way to write about ideas that I wouldn't feel comfortable otherwise writing about um, and also to support my Torah content because as I've mentioned many times, it does cost uh, to host these podcasts and uh, and also to have the time to be able to write these articles instead of using the time for tutoring. So uh, if you would like to support me through becoming a paid subscriber, then uh, go to rabbishnewis.substack.com, become a paid subscriber. Uh, it's uh, $10 per month or $100 for the year. And uh, And yeah, thank you. Have a happy Hanukkah. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.